please turn with me in your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. And I was surprised when I saw that last Lord's Day, Pastor Drew Poplin was preaching from this same chapter. And this is not a uh, chapter that you hear a lot of sermons from. It's not a book that you hear a lot of sermons from. Um, And so I trust that it's in the Lord's providence that He has ordained for these two sermons to come just one week apart. And I pray that He will use these two sermons for your edification. As we consider this book, uh, we remember that Jeremiah is writing this lamentation because of the estate of the people of God and their unrepentant sins. Here in this third chapter, we see the despair that the prophet has because of this and the rejection of his message. But we also see the hope that he has in the Lord, even in the midst of all of this. And so with that in mind, give your attention to the reading of God's most holy word from Lamentations chapter 3. And we'll begin at verse 19. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in Him. Thus far the reading of God's Word, and we ask His blessing upon it. Let us now go to the Lord in prayer for the sermon. O Lord our God, we do come unto Thee and we praise Thee and we thank Thee for this uh, word that Thou hast given us, O Lord. And we pray that Thy blessing would be upon it and that as the Word of God goes forth, it would never return void. O Lord, hear our prayer. Feed us with Thy Word. O Lord, we ask that Thy blessing would be upon Thy servant this day. Give him strength in the words to proclaim this word that Thou hast given us. And so we ask, Lord, that the preaching of the word would not be in the enticing words of man's wisdom, but would be in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power.
Oh Lord, we ask your blessing upon us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, our passage this morning speaks to the depth of the human experience. It speaks from the heights of despair to the peaks of hope. We all recognize that life is not without its fair share of trials. We all encounter seasons of darkness pain, confusion. And it's during these times that we may feel as though our souls are steeped in misery. Jeremiah knew this intimately. And friends, we are not immune to the sting of misery. Misery in its various forms reminds us that we are uh, vulnerable. It reminds us of our humanness. It is in this remembering of a state of affliction that we truly understand the depth of our need for something greater than ourselves. We see a glimmer of hope that pierces through the clouds of sorrow. Amidst the trials, there is a message of resilience and faith. We're urged to remember the Lord's mercies, those moments of grace that punctuate our lives, those moments that demonstrate His unwavering love even in the face of suffering. In times of distress, it's easy to lose sight of these mercies. But as we reflect upon them, we discover that they are our source of hope and that they sustain us through even the darkest of nights. In the midst of our pain, it's essential to recognize that our souls can find solace and sustenance in God alone. The world may offer temporary relief, but it is through our union with Christ, our being united to Jehovah, that our spirits are truly renewed. Our portion is not in the fleeting pleasures or material possessions of this world, but in the eternal and unchangeable presence of our God. This truth reminds us that our souls can flourish even in the midst of hardship. And so as we consider these verses, we will find the echoes of the suffering and hope found in the life of Jesus Christ. Just as the prophet's lamentation was not without the promise of God's faithfulness, Christ's journey through suffering led to the ultimate display of God's faithfulness in the triumph of His resurrection. His presence in the midst of our lamentation transforms our suffering into a means of spiritual growth and renewal. 
His sacrifice and victory remind us that even in our lowest moments, there is a hope to be found in misery. So first we see the prophet Jeremiah saying, Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them in remembrance and is humbled in me. There are two ways in which this can be understood. One way that this can be understood is that the prophet himself is remembering his affliction and misery. And if this is the case, then we see this righteous man of God continuing his lament about the evils that he has witnessed and experienced. Remember, this is Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. He was the man who knew that his ministry to the people of God would be one of being rejected and mocked and ridiculed. We don't have in the picture of Jeremiah a man who was what we would deem as having a successful ministry. He's not seeing converts in droves, nor is he seeing the people of God turn from their idols and their perversions and turn again unto the Lord. He's not some megachurch pastor, nor is he a celebrity with a great following. No, this man was despised and rejected of his people. He's a minister whose ministry was one that he characterized as affliction and misery. He calls it the wormwood and the gall. It seemed to him a poison that had seeped into his life. It was a time of bitterness and uh, 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 ruined his taste of, of that ministry that should have been something that was sweet. His descriptions of this period convey the profound troubles that had plagued not only the people of God, but it it plagued Himself as the divine messenger. We're given a glimpse at the challenging times that Jeremiah confronted. His heartache stemmed not only from the suffering of God's people, but from the burden of delivering these unwelcomed messages as well. But there's another uh, perspective in which we can approach this verse, and that is that it is a heartfelt prayer uttered by the prophet unto the Lord. And you may notice in the margins of your Bible, there's a note that suggests an alternative translation. It says, or remember. And if we understand this text uh as remember, then we find the the prophet fervently pleading with the Lord to recall his affliction and misery. Matthew Poole remarks that this phrase serves as a prayer that is directed towards God. And this insight reveals that even amidst uh, 
profound perplexity. The prophet and his people are not plunged into utter despair. Rather, their hearts turn steadfastly to God in prayer. In the midst of his affliction and misery, the prophet recognizes that there exists only one refuge, one source of true solace, and that is the Lord his God. This sentiment echoes the experience of another prophet, Jonah. Remember Jonah's cry to the Lord from the belly of the great fish. I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and He heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and Thou heardest my voice. Jonah's words illustrate the power of persistent prayer that even in the direst of circumstances we are to turn unto the Lord and He will hear Him. He will hear our prayers. When our faith falters and assails us, this counsel stands. Do not abandon the lifeline of prayer. Instead, let your hearts echo the petition again and again. Go to your Lord again and again. Even when you find yourself teetering at the threshold of despair or confined in the depths of your own distress, turn your gaze around over your shoulder and turn it towards God. Just as Jonah's desperate cry from the belly of the fish reached the ears of the Almighty, so too will your petitions rise before Him. Do not allow the notion that God might not hear or heed your cries deter you from prayer. Instead, approach your God in repeated, earnest supplication. When you feel as though you are in the grip of desperation, let prayer be that gentle breeze that follows the storm of this life. When your strength seems to be wasting away, friends, the power of prayer remains. The prophet's plea to remember, whether it be a reflection upon his own affliction or whether it be a supplication to God, it encourages us to lean into prayer as that anchor of hope in times of trouble. The essence of this message endures. It shows forth the constancy of God's willingness to listen, to respond, and to deliver us from our affliction. Just as Jonah emerged from the belly of the fish, so too can we emerge from the depths of our own trials when we steadfastly turn our hearts towards God in prayer. And so it seems that both of these ways of understanding this uh, verse are valid, and it's possible 
that both are in mind. It is true that Jonah is both, or that Jeremiah is both remembering his affliction and misery as well as calling upon the Lord to remember. And so we see that this has an effect on our prophet. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. He is humbled by what he has gone through. Far too often we fix our minds too much upon the remembrance of our affliction and misery. This opens the door to Satan to fill our hearts and our thoughts with despair. In times of your misery, do not dwell upon these things, but instead bring them to the Lord. Be humbled by them. See that you are not in control, but you need the provision of the One who is. You must have humble hearts under humbling providences. It isn't always uh, that the cause of the humbling providences is sin in your life, but there are times when that is the case. And so humble yourself. Search out the secret places of your heart to see if there be sin that remains that is the cause of such bitter times of trouble. And repent. Repent of those sins before the Lord. Wrestle in the midst of this and you will have victory. Victory which comes only by looking to Jehovah. Be sure of this, that if your affliction and misery are laid out to God, He will surely remember you in your pitiful, in your pitiful state. Your faith will be strengthened by laying hold of God. And so in the midst of remembering his affliction and misery and in crying out to the Lord to remember, we see that there is hope to be found in the mercy of the Lord. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We see that Jehovah brings light out of darkness. He restores His faithful people from despair to a hope. He makes our infirmity itself to be a cause for hope. It's as though Jeremiah has in mind the words of David in Psalm 42.5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. 
It's what Paul speaks of in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. It's the living out of James chapter 1 and verses 2 and 4. My brother, 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Friends, let this hope be the salve, the balm of your soul against the times of affliction and misery. Even if you were brought as low as Jeremiah, if you wrestle, you will prevail through the power of Christ and have hope of deliverance in Him. And we see another great truth that it is through the Lord's mercies that we are not utterly consumed by the trials that beset us. This word mercies carries a weighty significance. It, it captures not only compassion, but also forgiveness and grace. The Lord's benevolence stands as a shield protecting us from being overwhelmed by the challenges that we face in this life. It's a testament to the unyielding nature of the Lord's compassion. An endless reservoir from which hope springs eternal. It's in Christ that our respite is found. In Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 and 29, we hear Christ say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. But friends, we must know that the Lord's mercies are not simply a means by which we are not consumed by the afflictions and miseries that we experience in this life. No, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed in His just wrath. Dear saints, you must realize that you deserve nothing but the immense wrath of God to be poured out upon you. Your vile and wicked sins against a holy and just God deserve absolute destruction. 
And it is of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed. And praise God. So when you begin to see that, you will begin to realize that whatever difficulty you're going through, whatever affliction or misery that you're experiencing, it it falls far short from what you actually deserve. David Dixon, that great uh, member of the Westminster Assembly, writes, when our eyes are open to see our deservings and compare God's dealings with our deserving, then complaints will cease. Then will fretting and impatience be laid aside, and we will be patient and humble before the Lord. And the marvelous blessing of this all is that the mercies of the Lord that we experience, they're not a one-time occurrence, but rather they are a constant stream that never ends. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. Each day, his mercies are renewed. However, it's important to recognize that this doesn't mean that life will always be uh, this image of a serene sunrise, but rather just as the dawn dispels the darkness and introduces the light, the Lord's mercies disperses the shadows of life and ushers in His radiant presence. Even in the depth of our darkest nights, Jehovah's mercies prevail, allowing us to rest in the anticipation of renewal in the morning. And so this assurance becomes our solace as we navigate this journey of life in this fallen world. So dear brothers and sisters, regardless of the challenges you face, whether it's the loss of a job, the grief, of losing a loved one, the uncertainty of the future, family difficulties, feeling distanced from God, the anguish of a wayward child, or even the looming fear of death. Whatever it is that you're going through, patiently wait upon the Lord. Even though the night may stretch on seemingly endlessly. Even though the darkness may feel impenetrable. Endure with patience until the morning arrives. Because it surely will. Jehovah's appointed time will come. He will guide you through the darkness and just as certainly as the dawn follows the night, 
it is just as certain that His mercies will be renewed in your life. Friends, this stands as a promise. It is a testament to His unchanging faithfulness amid a world where countless things falter allow the unshakableness uh, uh, the unshakable faithfulness of the Lord to become that anchor that steadies your hope in every trial in every tribulation in every moment of uncertainty let the constancy of his mercies and unwavering assurance of his faithfulness be your foundation when circumstances shake when the world disappoints remember that the promises of the Lord are steadfast and true his faithfulness is is the unyielding rock upon which you can securely tether your hope Great is his faithfulness. And so we see when we compare the beginning portion of this passage to where we are now, that this passage transitions in a stark way. This portion of the text ends in the exact opposite way that it began. Where we began with remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, we now conclude with the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Here we see a profound declaration of unwavering faith and hope that is rooted in Jehovah. The Lord is my portion. Where once it seemed as though the prophet was filled with affliction and misery, now he joyfully declares that he is filled with the Lord. Hear the echo of Psalm 73 and verse 26 in the words of our prophet. My flesh and my heart fainteth, but the Lord is the strength of my heart and the portion and my portion forever. God is not just some distant deity, but he is the intimate and personal provider of his people and so Jeremiah's soul recognizes and responds to the truth of God's provision his soul is no longer faint nor weary it is no longer troubled by affliction or misery but instead it is completely satisfied in Jehovah Dear saints, this must be your heart as well. By recognizing God as your portion and anchoring your hope in Him, you show forth your dependence upon His sovereign will. 
Friends, you must ensure that God is your portion. That He is the one who fills you. Rely on Him as your only source of sustenance and support. Seek solace and strength from Him, particularly when you find yourself facing difficult circumstances and experiencing feelings of sorrow. This foundation of faith and hope will guide you through all of life's challenges. When you turn to God as your portion, you are acknowledging that He is your guiding light even in the darkest of times. During moments of lamentation and sorrow, you must rest in the promises of the Lord because they are unfailing. He is your refuge and source of comfort. He is the one who gifts you with peace and reassurance. As Matthew Henry puts it, it is our duty to make God the portion of our souls and then to make use of Him as our portion and to take the comfort of it in the midst of our lamentations. And so I ask you, is God your portion? When the throes of life are overcoming you, when it, when it seems as though you are being tossed to and fro by the raging waves and the storms of this life, to whom do you run? So many of us are prone to flee to the comforts of friends or, or family or even to try to seek our, our comfort in isolation. And yet, while there may be good that comes in turning to those things in the moment, they can do nothing to bring you lasting joy and peace. They cannot bring you calm and solace from the tempest. Friends, that can only be found in the sovereign Lord of all. So flee to Him. Find your rest and your comfort and your hope in Him. Make Him your portion all the days of your life. And you will find that each day His mercies are renewed and your hope is strengthened. And if you're here today and the Lord is not your portion, if He is not where you find rest and comfort and hope because you're not found in Him, then I plea with you to turn away from your sins and to turn away from your wicked desires. Turn unto Christ. Here in this text, Jeremiah takes on the role of the singular man who bears the affliction and misery of the people of God. And as their representative, he brings their uh, these things before the Lord. 
But Jeremiah is only a type. He is one who points us to someone else. Someone who is far greater. Christ Jesus is the true representative of His people. He is truly the one who bore the affliction and misery of His people. And He is the one that is truly spoken of here in Lamentations 3. Through His redemptive work, Christ became the man of sorrows. The afflicted one. He was despised by His own. He was made to bear the weight of the sins of His people upon His shoulders. In Isaiah 53, we read of Christ in this way. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Jesus Christ willingly bore the weight of human suffering, the weight of the world, the weight of your sins, and He nailed it to the cross. He is the perfect representative of humanity's affliction and misery. And so friends, this is the only place where hope can be found. If you are not resting in the finished work of Christ, then there is no hope for you. Recall what our prophet has said. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Friends, that is because the Lord Jesus Christ was consumed in our stead. Where the wrath of God ought to have been poured out upon us, upon you, because of what your sins deserve. Instead, the Lord Jesus Christ drank the cup of God's wrath to the bitter dregs, so that there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, Romans 8, 1. But for those who are not in Christ, there remains a condemnation for you if you die apart from Him. There remains the wrath of God to be poured out upon you for your sins against the Lord. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord 
shall be as fat of lambs they shall consume into smoke shall they consume away that is what awaits you at the end of this life if you do not uh, if you, if you continue to cling to your sins instead of clinging to Christ you will be consumed away There will be no mercy of the Lord by which you are not consumed. There will be only the righteous judgment of God. And so once again I plead with you, if you are not in Christ, then hear the good news of the Gospel. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life of obedience to the Father. He died an unjust death by the hands of wicked men. And in his death, he bore the sins of his people upon himself and paid the price that we could never pay. He was crucified and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He conquered hell in his power. And so he ascended into heaven unto God Most High, and He is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty, and from thence He will come to judge the living and the dead. Those who are not found in Christ will receive their reward, which is to be cast into the lake of fire forever. But friends, the good news of the Gospel is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So the call to you today is to repent and believe the Gospel. 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins. Repent of those sins. Turn away from them and turn unto Christ. Embrace Him this day. For today is the day of salvation and you are not promised tomorrow. And children, the call to you is to recognize the work of Christ as well and to close with Him. You've been made partakers of this covenant and you have been sealed with it in the waters of baptism. You must now make this covenant your own and commit yourselves to the Lord. Rest in Him. You may not have experienced much of the affliction and misery of this life. But trust me when I say that those times are coming. If you have not closed with Christ, you will have no refuge or hope in times of trouble. And worst of all, you will have no refuge or hope in that last great day. And to all of you, dear saints, do not let 
affliction and misery that you face in this life overwhelm you? Run to Christ. Run to your loving Savior, for He is your solace. Do not flee to the things of the world, for they will fail you. But instead, flee to Christ, for His compassions fail not. The darkness will only last for a moment, but the dawn will come. And when it comes, the mercies of the Lord will be made anew. Take comfort in that. Find your hope in that. Brothers and sisters, this passage is to be an encouragement, a a comfort to all of you. Just as Jeremiah was in the lowest of places, just as his faith seemed to begin to falter and it appeared as though he were headed towards despair. Yet he cast his eyes upon the Lord and there he found hope. Let let it be so with you as well. Let your pain and suffering, trials and tribulation, affliction and misery drive you to your knees so that you cry out to your God in fervent prayer. He will hear your cries, and He will answer them. Fix your eyes on Christ, the One who bore your affliction and misery upon Himself, and find your refuge and hope in Him. Find your your fullness in Jehovah. Say with the prophet, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Friends, this is how you too can find hope in misery. Let us pray.